Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What is going on, everybody? What's up, folks? We are back, and we're actually back early. This is going to be episode 113 of the... I'm sorry. This is going to be episode 112 of the Dark Windows podcast. Excuse him. He can't read. I can't read, and I also can't write, but also... We're doing this early because we're trying to jam as much stuff together as we can because we want to get a bunch of episodes out. Mm -hmm. And then in October, we're going to go fucking crazy. We are. (laughs) We've got a bunch of weird, wild shit planned for October, including a listener-selected episode that you can still vote on as of the time you're hearing this on our Facebook page. Yes, and you have officially, I believe it is, hold on, let me check it. Uh, You have one... We'll call it a week and a half. Yeah. A week and a half you have left to vote on it. So I'm going to say it closes by – we'll say – let's close it down by the 26th. Yeah. And uh, if you see an option – if you see something on there that you're like, "Ah, I don't know, add your own option. We didn't put them in there. Only listeners are allowed to add them. I'm not even voting on stuff because there's so many where I was like, I didn't want to do that. I haven't touched the thing. Yeah. So far, right now, it's Abe Canyon. That's just, that's the that's the big one for for us right now. But if there happens to be more than one, where it's kind of like, oh wow, that's getting a lot so of. I can votes vote too. on a couple. You know, we'll go with one of those. Maybe we'll throw in one of those for our October. Well, I mean, all of these are on the super secret mastery list as of now. So, but uh-huh. I mean, we. We are Ireland in World War II, completely neutral, with a little bit of distrust of the English. So go throw your shit on there and see what you got. Yes. But. So for oh, this boy. week, what are we covering? Oh, man. So I don't know if we've ever covered an unsolved murder on here before. Never. Which is fucking surprising for the amount of serial killers and awful shit that we've talked about. We've never covered an unsolved murder. And... <laughs> Well, there's always time for a first. For our first one, I don't even feel bad for the victim, which I know people are going to go, but most unsolved murders are like women or kids. Not in this case. This case, it's a guy who totally fucking deserved everything he got. Let's not keep us in the dark here. Fill us in. Tell us more. This week on the Dark Windows podcast, we are going to be talking about the unsolved murder of Ken Rex McElroy. Damn. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a that's a full name. It is. I mean, when you when your first and middle name have less letters combined than your last name, you might be a white trash. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Maybe. No offense to anybody that's got like a, I'm picking on this guy because he's a piece of shit. I love <laughs> you guys. No offense to the white trash, but. Hey, listen, I'm part white <laughs> trash, okay? <laughs> you're part, you're party in the, your business in the front, party in the rear? Actually, I'm not sure if we're white trash or if we're technically woodchucks. We're technically woodchucks. Because. We're not hillbillies. If you go to Danby, maybe. Because hillbilly, I usually associate with like some cousin loving. But where we are in Vermont, oh, we don't have that most of the time. It, there's a family in town where when the man and woman got married, she didn't change her last name because they're first cousins. But whatever. My neighbors were first cousins. <laughs> and they had a brood of fucking children with them. So, yikes. Anyway, Ken Rex McElroy was born in Nottoway County, Missouri, June 1st, 1934. And I shit you not, the 15th of 16 children. Mm. to his parents, Tony and Mabel McElroy. Um, his father was an immigrant. I be- <laughs> See, this is like, there's a lot of stuff with the story where you're like, I think this is what, how it works because I couldn't really nail it down. They said his father was an, Im- like some places said his father was an Irish immigrant. Others said he was from Scotland. But with the MC, I'm going to go more with Irish probably. Because mm. Scottish, when you get the Mac, it's M-A-C. Irish is usually MC. So I'm going to go with probably an Irish immigrant. Who knows? Right. So the McElroy clan moved around quite a bit in his early childhood. They kind of bounced between um, Kansas and a few spots in the Ozark Mountains, but then they eventually settled just outside of the small town of Skidmore, Missouri. Oh, I was expecting a joke there. (laughs) Skidmore. All I could think of was a college. Sorry. Yeah. No. Skidmore. That's because you're more mature than I am. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all I, I I was like, oh, I was just, I was thinking, I don't know, something, some, something, uh, Simpsons. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> I always thought I heard Skidmore and I just kind of went Simpsons. I don't know why. Fuck. I'm not sure either. It's a weird one, but. Then um, I also went to college. Well, considering. As of right now, like 2018, 2019 in that area, Skidmore had a population of 284 people. I don't think it's a college town. <laughs> it's it's located to Skid Row. Oh, it, dude, it is actually the Skid Row of Missouri. I'm pretty confident. Um, it's halfway between Omaha, Nebraska and Kansas City, Missouri, in the northwest corner of Missouri. Um, oh, Missouri. Missouri. So the population really hasn't changed that much since the time, uh, since the events of the 1981 murder of McElroy. Since time immemorial. Yeah. That's, I mean, that means a long time. At that point in time, I think the population, like back in 1981, when all this kind of went down. We guess. 1,024. No, I think it was like 279. Like, it literally has not changed that much. It's one of those towns where you grow up there, you stay there, and you die there. Your family stays there and dies there. It's like nobody really moves there or moves away from there. So like New England. Yeah. It's like Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. So McElroy being from a large family, not just in number, but in stature, actually. Um, he didn't have a lot of supervision growing up, so he was pretty much left to his own devices as his kid to do whatever he pleased, including. Um, well, when you're a family of freaking 12 billion, you well, know, I mean, come the on. The second youngest of 16. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Parents' I mean, eyes only go so far. 
So he, he spent a lot of time just kind of being a general asshole kid, including like setting fires and hurting animals and stuff like that. Huh. So two out of the three things Sociopath. you usually get with a serial killer. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't know so much about the bedwetting. I'm sure his dad probably beat that out of him at a fairly young age, but. Oh, probably. That's back when you could beat your kids in the 40s and 50s and just fucking wail on him. So Ken decided to drop out of school at the age of 15 in eighth grade. Um, and when he did this, he was almost completely illiterate and he could barely write. Well. So already setting himself up to be a fucking champion here. Yeah. After dropping out, he started making money by hunting raccoons for the pelts. And uh, he also did a little bit of side work, uh, mostly less savory would probably be the best, the best way to put it as to what he was doing. Um, stuff like this included, uh, stealing livestock and just being a general piece of shit, breaking into people's houses and stealing stuff, robbing stores, fucking class act, you know? Well, I mean, when it's kind of just his way of acting out, you know, cause he didn't get that attention as a kid. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, when you have 16 kids, well, it's a few of them are going to slip through the cracks. Right. I mean, <laughs> I can't keep track of all these fucking kids. I gave up. Um, to, to jump back. Wait into a minute, his, Bobby's so. I mean, wow, what the fuck? Which your name? which fucking Richard are you? Like, there's so I'm many. The fourth. There's so many of you motherfuckers. I can't keep you straight. I should have just, you know, I should. I should have just fucking numbered you. <laughs> so to jump back a little bit into his childhood. Um, there's some stories that when he was like 11, 12, 13 years old, somewhere in that neighborhood, that he was involved in a construction accident. And you're going to say he's involved in a gang. I was like, with this motherfucker, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but there's some stories saying that he was involved in a construction accident that ended him up with a head injury. Which, him, again... Him working working in construction, or it was like they were building something? I'm sure they were probably building something. Okay. You know, another fucking barn to keep all their kids uh-huh. in. Um, well, we, we, we've got a litter of 36. <laughs> they start putting kids in, car- in a cardboard box on the side of the road. Yeah. Free with one E backwards. If you can feed them. Just they're... fucking take them. I don't even want none of them. If you can feed them, you can have them. I don't care. Daddy, I like that. I like that one. No, no, we're getting that one. Is that a boy or is it a girl? It's a girl. We well, we don't need another girl. We need another boy. We don't need him breeding now. <laughs> so we're gonna get this one. Get a vasectomy. Yuck. We're new to him. There's also stories of some possible physical abuse. I mean, it, I don't think it's even right to say possible. This kid got beat up by his dad and older brothers, like for sure. Probably, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if probably would be the thing. Well, I mean, he probably got the shit beaten out of him at, <laughs> on a fairly regular basis. The for sure is definitely the the older brothers. brothers, yeah. Because I mean, right? Well, that's uh, what happens. Exactly. That's what we do. We beat up little brothers, and then your little brother turns out to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Okay. Like, let him fucking try it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he could. He doesn't need any more kids. I'll just kick him the balls as hard as I can. Now, there are some experts that would, they'll try to play that whole nature versus nurture card with mm-hmm. McElroy. Like, you know, it's really not his fault that he turned out the way he did. But there's another one that we've learned from a Jonathan Mayberry book from one of the best psychologists of all time, 
from the Joe Ledger series <laughs> that throws in the third option where you have nature versus nurture, and then you also have choice. <sighs> sometimes people... Rodolfo Sanchez. <laughs> sometimes people can decide to be awful humans, and no matter what doctors say, you know, obviously there's these people that commit these crimes because there's a chemical imbalance or they've had a head injury and have a short fuse, whatever. There's some people that just decide to be I, shitty. Yeah, because for I sure. Mean, I mean, I think that you know they probably did have a great childhood, and they just they just were like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna act out and I'm right. gonna be an asshole. I mean, it it kind of seems a little irresponsible to to blame outside forces for people just making bad decisions and not taking ownership of their own actions. I mean, like we just said, are there people that have instances where a traumatic brain injury has caused this shit where they become a serial criminal of some sort? Absolutely. There is fucking proof of that, but it's not all of them. Exactly. But some people don't have brain injuries that, you know. Right, exactly. Turn out to be just a shithead. Exactly. And there's like Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was genetically fucked up from the beginning, though. But he could have, he could have took a different choice. Just because you know, it was who his mom and dad were. I mean, doesn't mean everything in the world. No, but he. Then we get into like the old fucking theory where it's like you know you can just be, be a bad seed. Well, and, yeah. <laughs> well, because I mean, look at him. He actually, I mean, one he he kind of cared for a woman. You know, didn't he get, he didn't get married to her. No. Well, later on he married one, but the one that, that started the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, was his college girlfriend, but, but they, but they were together. She had a daughter. I mean, no, no, that's a later on one. His, his college girlfriend is the one that started him. Like, okay, I'm going to start killing girls that look a lot like you. No, but I'm saying that I'm talking about the, his girlfriend later on that, you know, I guess they did get married, but we're. He actually stopped. He actually fell in love and everything else. Yeah, I mean, you can do all of that you want, but if you still have that itch in the back of your brain going, hey, Teddy boy. I know. It's time to go pick one. I know. But it's going to happen. But still, it kind of just shows that, hey, you know. His was not all brain injury either. His was a no. lot of choice too. Yeah. I mean, but some other people, it's, you know, because of their upbringing right. or whatever. I mean, f- fucking Ted Bundy used to watch his grandfather kill cats for no reason. And he'd be like, ah, whatever, that's cool. Start Like, his grandfather used to fucking tie cats' tails together and throw them over a clothesline and watch them kill each other. Well, and he was just like, hey, cool, Grandpa, let's do that again. That's just weird, but, you know. It's fucking gross. So, what are we thinking for this one? This guy. Um, This guy was a piece of shit. I think a lot of his was choice. He chose to do what he did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so. All right. So before he even dropped out of school, he was known to the local police of uh, of Nottaway County for his extracurricular activities. He would take breaks here and there from shooting and selling raccoons to partake in some burglary, uh, burglary mm. assault, arson, assault, child molestation, and even dabbled in some statutory rape. So, yeah. Fucking winner. And yes, I said assault in there twice, and I did that as a fucking nod to Blazing Saddles. You said assault twice. I like assault. 
<laughs> yeah, that's this guy. Yes. Except that one was rape. <laughs> you said rape twice. I like rape. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he would do this for around 15 to 20 years, and he was mostly unfucked with in that period of time. Mm. It may have had something to do with, again, like I said before, he was a big guy. Uh, he was around 6'2 and weighed right around the 300-pound mark. Big guy. Big boy. And he yeah. wasn't... He was built like everybody's dad, basically. Like, he wasn't necessarily fat, but he was just a big dude, and he had big, thick arms, big fucking chest, big you know, big gut. Mm-hmm. Big dude. Um, He also had some, like, impressive sideburns, and he usually wore his hair in a pompadour, which kind of made him look like late-stage Elvis, like... After they found him when he fell off the toilet, Elvis. Okay. Like some big, thick chops and the fucking pompadour and all bloated and shit. <laughs> I can say from the pictures that I found, he looks a lot like the honky-tonk man's part bullfrog cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm talking yes. about. You can picture that now, can't yes, you? Yes. You can almost smell that picture. Oh, yes. So if anyone got in Ken's way or had basically had the balls to stand up on stand up to him in any way shape or form mm-hmm. he would use his size and intimidating frame to scare him off um he and this guy never didn't have a gun with him everywhere he went he had a gun shotgun pistol rifle whatever it was had a gun mm-hmm. cool and the problem was he wasn't afraid to use it which we'll see later on over the time between his teenage years and his death he would rack up a pretty impressive record of depending on what papers you're looking at, anywhere between 20 and 31 criminal charges that were brought against him. And he would not spend more than a day at a time in jail. (laughs) So every time there was a case brought against him, he would follow witnesses and sit in front of their houses for days. Anytime they left to go somewhere, he'd follow them. Mm -hmm. Eventually, with some of them, he would actually physically intimidate them, you know, shove them around, fucking get in their face. Like, you keep talking, I'm going to beat shit out of you kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. I watched I watched a documentary on YouTube. It's a six-part series called Nobody Saw a Thing, where they kind of interview basically the entire town. Yeah. You know, 30-some-odd years after everything happened. And... That's a long time. Yeah, but they try to get the whole backstory of everything. Um, And there was one woman who her father will actually come up later in the story where she remembers him sitting outside of her house when she was a kid. She said that he would pull his truck up in front of the house every night at about the same time and just sit there for three, four hours at a time and just stare out the window at him. Just sitting in his truck, smoking cigarettes and staring at their house. And this, like, I mean, she was... 10 or 11 when this happened, it just absolutely scared the shit out of her. Don't blame her a bit. That's, that's just, that's fucking. Again, he was, this is the kind of guy we're dealing with. And that's why I said at the top of it, I don't feel bad about this. I feel bad that it took as long as it did for something to happen. That's Mm -hmm. where I feel bad. Now let's, uh, let's change gears here and let's talk about Trina. Trina, Trina McLeod was a 12 year old girl when she met Ken McElroy, who was 35 at the time, old enough to be her father, like biologically old enough to be her father. Yeah. So I'd seen some stuff researching saying that some people think that Trina actually started pursuing Ken 
but I really don't know how much I believe that. I don't know why a 12-year-old girl would be infatuated with a man that was the same age as her father, basically. Um, so, and this is where shit's going to get a little weird because it's fucking weird. Um, a couple of the women that they interviewed during that documentary who were her friends growing up said that he would pick her up at the bus stop when she got off and they would just kind of go riding around in his truck. Now, Ken had a very distinct truck. He had a, uh, it was a late seventies. Well, at this point in time, it probably wasn't the same truck, but the truck we're going to talk about later. We'll talk about later. Fuck it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) okay. So to anyone not familiar with the town, or if you were just kind of driving through and you see this little girl hop off the bus and jump in a truck with this older guy, probably thinking, oh, well, you know, he's picking his daughter up at the bus stop so she doesn't have to walk home. That's uh-huh. cool, you know. So this happened for quite a while, and eventually at the age of 14, Trina ended up pregnant with Ken's child. And she would drop out of school at 14 and move in with Ken and his third wife, Alice, and his army of children. Between the four women that McElroy would marry throughout his life, he would be a, he would father 10 plus children. There's no real official number because some have gone and been like, nope, 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 don't know who that is, and changed their names and shit because they didn't want any association with this guy. Uh-huh. Well, that's not, the, I, you know, it's never been, been seen before. Right. I you get know. that. So we're actually going to, I think we're going to take our break here before we get too hot and heavy. So we'll be right back. Okay. Okay, we're back. We're back. So strangely, there wasn't any real animosity between Alice and Trina at first. The two would actually kind of, they almost built like a sisterly relationship because they were a similar age. Mm. When Ken decided that he wanted to marry Trina... She was 14 at the time, like we said before. Her parents objected. As you do. Duh. So here's the weird part. (laughs) Uh, When Ken married Alice a few years previous, she was 13 years old. So she was, I think, like 16 or 17 when Trina came into the picture. But they were very similar age. Hmm. There's a, there's a lot of speculation that one of the main reasons that Ken married Trina was to avoid a statutory rape charge that her parents were trying to file against him. Because if they're married, at that time, if you were married, you couldn't be, you couldn't have charges brought against you for rape. Because you're married. Yeah, you, you know. Can't rape your wife. I mean, you te- technically you, can. you can for sure, but back then it didn't count, you know, like this is the fucking 60s and 70s. Shit was different. Yeah. She was actually the one that told her parents what was going on. And she said that over the first couple years that they were in a relationship, he had raped her repeatedly. And that's where her parents got the information saying, OK, we're bringing charges against this guy. In an interview after his death, she changed her tune and said that she made the entire story up to get him to leave Alice and marry just her. 
Now, how much truth there is to that is kind of up for debate. Um, to me, it seems like a young teenage girl that was taken advantage of by an abusive older man, and she may have had just a touch of Stockholm Syndrome. Just a little, you know, like a whole bunch, but just a little. Where, you know, you're basically being held against your will for so long that you fall in love with the person that's keeping you there. And you'll defend their honor, basically, to no end. And it's it's kind of, it, it's fucking sad, and well, it's disgusting. Well, that's, that's just how, I mean, that's how it goes for cause Stockholm. It's, yeah, I mean, it is Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Because that's what, you know, people that say, oh, you know, women that are abused by their husbands, they'll, they'll defend them. I love him so much, him. Yeah, but I he beats him. the shit out of you, but I love him. But then, but then once they yeah. once they finally realize, holy shit. Yeah, I can get the fuck out of this. I should probably get the fuck out of this. Yeah, I mean, it was like, uh, what was it? I saw um, it was a TV show I saw where I think it was, um, oh, damn it. You and I watch it. Uh, crim- not criminal intent. Criminal minds. Criminal. Criminal minds. Yeah. Where the mom, who basically had Stockholm syndrome, so bad that she like you know, she killed her husband, and then cleaned up the whole bedroom because her husband would be furious if it was a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. And her kids were so brainwashed that they like, oh, she can't do anything. She can't do this. She can't do that. When all in a reality was no, you know, that wasn't the case. Yeah. It's, it's sad when shit like that happens. It's sad and scary for the person involved because they have, you've completely had your life dominated by this person for so long that you've forgotten who you are as a person. That's, that's so sad. It is. So, again, McElroy would go to Trina's parents and say, I'm going to marry your child, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing you can do. About again, it. her dad says, I don't fucking think so. Yeah. So he gets so mad at this point in time that he went home and he beat the shit out of Trina and Alice. So Trina and Alice would round up what kids they could and go to Trina's parents house for a few days to kind of let Ken cool down a little bit. He didn't cool down a little bit. The entire time that they were missing, he was trying to figure out where the hell they were. And when he eventually figured out that they were at Trina's parents' house. So after he went back to Trina's parents' house, he got he talked both girls into going home with him. Uh, later that night, he returned to Trina's parents' house and showed what kind of man he really was. He gets out of his truck and was Confronted almost immediately by Trina's father, who he beat the living shit out of. Uh, Her mom came out to break up the fight, and he fucking smacked her around a little bit. Shot their dog, and then burned their house down. (laughs) Again, in the same interview, shortly after his death, Trina would say, No, he didn't do any of that stuff. He didn't burn the house down. It was faulty wiring. Again, I don't buy it for a fucking second. Not a second. <laughs> I, I love this guy. Yeah, right? Such lo- a fucking winner. Love him so much that I am glad he's actually dead because I would want to put a bullet in his head. 
But I, I, I still love him. Yeah. Anyway. So, after this incident, he would actually divorce Alice and kick her ass out, make her take all of her kids, because they weren't his kids, they were her kids. Oh, yeah. So, he'd yes. make her take all of her kids out, and then he married Trina. Mm. <sighs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1973, McElroy would be arrested for the incident and booked for arson, statutory rape, and assault. After he was arraigned, he was released on $2,500 bail. During the very short period of time he spent in county jail, which we're talking a few days, uh, Trina and the baby were sent into foster care because they were both minors, which is fucking disgusting to have to think about that. Mm -hmm. This woman and her child are being put in foster care because they're both kids and they have nowhere else to go. Because their fucking parents' house got burned down. Yeah. Ugh. So, yeah, it makes my fucking skin crawl. Just thinking that this guy is in his mid to late 30s. He's married to this girl. He's fathered a child with her. And she's still a fucking child herself. So Trina and the baby are in a foster home in Maryville. And he would go there all the time sit in his truck outside the the foster family's house and just stare. At one point, her foster father actually came out to, you know, see if there's anything he could help him with because, you know, being people in the Midwest are, are pretty polite, you know, just see somebody sitting there like, you know, go out, like, Hey, what can I, what can I help you with? You got, you, you turned around, you're looking for somebody. Um, <laughs> he told the man that he would trade him quote girl for girl to get his child bride back. That comment doesn't make a lot of sense, right? I'm suspicious. (laughs) It doesn't make a lot of sense until you realize that he knew who the foster family's biological daughter was. He knew what school she went to. He knew what bus she rode and he knew where she got off the bus. So he's basically threatening to kidnap their daughter and then either keep her or trade her back for Trina. That's, that's kind of where I was. My brain was thinking that's what he was going to do something like that or had her already. You guys getting angry yet? I am. <laughs> I fucking hate this guy. <sighs> anyway. So after this conversation, the foster family calls the police and file charges against him. And again, nothing came of it. Unfortunately for the people of Skidmore, Missouri, even the police were afraid to fuck with this guy. Like the local police department, like they wouldn't go anywhere. Like they didn't want anything to do with him. When the cops are afraid of you, there's a fucking problem. So July 26th of 1976 would be the next incident where he would have a run in with a local that ended very badly. Uh, A farmer by the name of Romaine Henry I hope he was a lettuce farmer. (laughs) Anyway. I was going to say it. I was going to say it. Hope he wasn't part of the Iceberg Clan. Oh, shit. (laughs) But he wasn't. So he was Romaine, huh? Yeah. So he was actually out on his tractor, you know, tilling up the land, working on his farm. And all of a sudden he starts hearing gunshots and he's like, what the fuck is going on? So he hops in his truck, drives to the other end of his property where he meets Ken McElroy, 
who's just fucking shooting at stuff on his property without permission. Now, this could have ended differently. Ken could have been an adult and been like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you owned this land. If you want me to, I'll leave. No, no, he's not an adult. He's not an adult. He's a fucking giant child. Yes, yes. He's a man in a... I'm sorry. He's a child in a man's body. Yes. So... Let's let's get that straight. From from his account, Henry said, you know, I asked him nicely to leave. He got belligerent, and I told him to get off my property. I was going to call the cops. And then, at a, a fair distance... Uh, McElroy just kind of cocks his 12 gauge very nonchalantly and shoots him. He, he was shooting birdshot. Um, he said he was like 50, 60 feet away. So the spray is kind of yeah. scattered pretty good at this point in time. Not being happy with the result, he cocked his shotgun and shot him again. Dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Henry actually had to drive himself to the hospital because his wife was at work at the time. And the doctor's. Obviously, I mean, he's obviously bleeding pretty badly. He's been shot twice with a fucking shotgun. Yeah. Um, so they stop the bleeding and they pick as much lead out of him as they can, because at that point in time, it was still lead shot instead of steel, which probably not a great thing to be shot with. No. Because, you know, you can die and shit. Um, but as you probably guessed, McElroy was arrested and charged with assault with intent to kill. And he got out on bail. And for a long time, between Henry getting out of the hospital and the trial, Henry claimed that McElroy would sit outside of his house over a hundred times. Intimidating. Just fucking sitting there, looking at him, watching him. Because you can't do anything to someone that's just sitting outside right. your house. Especially when they're not sitting on your property, when they're sitting across from your property, yep. just being a fucking creep. So, with the trial... Well, after the trial date was finally set, um, McElroy's lawyer would call two witnesses that were uh, raccoon hunting buddies of McElroy, which I'm surprised this motherfucker had friends, to be honest. He didn't seem like the kind of person that could actually make friends, but whatever. And uh, they both claimed the same story, saying that, you know, they were all three of them were out hunting together. They were nowhere near Romaine, no, uh, Romaine Henry's property. They were just out shooting raccoons and uh, this, that, and the other. So the biggest blow to the case came when McElroy's dirtbag attorney, Gene McFadden, got a chance to question Romaine Henry. He made a big deal that 30-plus years ago, Henry had been convicted of some petty crime bullshit when he was a kid. If for whatever reason, that was enough to have the case thrown out. So because the farmer did something stupid when he was a kid, this case gets canned. And we'll just completely ignore the fact that there's a violent, abusive, child-molesting psychopath that was actually on trial. Not the guy, not the defendant. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I'm sorry, not the, uh, uh, the plaintiff was not on trial. But that's what it turned into. And they got the whole fucking case thrown out because he did something dumb when he was a kid. Not fucking right. I just... I... <clears throat> I I, uh, I I never uh, that always pisses me off when when know, they turn it around like that yeah and there's no fucking around. need to um so it, it's kind of important I think we need to get a feel for what kind of guy this McFadden character is when McElroy first showed up to meet him he was in his work clothes just kind of covered in dirt and just generally looking like shit 
And McFadden told, like, laughed at him and said, you can't afford my service. And McElroy just whipped out a wad of cash and threw it on his, on his desk. And uh, McFadden was basically like, okay, what do you need? And that's why I don't trust lawyers because they have no fucking moral compass at all. At all. Mm. It's like, oh, you want to throw enough money at me? I can fucking whatever. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> after he tried to kill a man for having the audacity for to ask him to not shoot on his property without permission, Ken McElroy would continue his activities as an actual Biff Tannen style town bully. Yeah, we went there because that's where it goes. Because fucking like cartoonishly di- like evil character we got here. In 1980, two of hit uh, two of the herd of his children went into one of the stores in town. Keep in mind, Skidmore is one of these towns where they've got two general stores, three churches, a gas station, a bar, and like fucking four stoplights, and a cu- like a couple little diners here and there. Small town USA. Very small town USA. So they, these kids happened to walk into the store that was owned by Bo Bowen Camp and his wife Lois. Two of the McElroy girls had been in. Um, they wanted to grab some candy, you know, as kids do. The older girl got everything up on the counter and paid for it. And as they're walking out, the younger girl just kind of reaches into like a, a penny candy jar and just grabs a handful on her way out. She's like three. This one, the one that did this. Okay. Regular thing. Happens yep. all the time. Yep. Clerk basically was like, hey, you need to put that back or else you're going to get in trouble for stealing. Trying to teach the kid a a moral lesson to be like, you shouldn't steal shit just because your family is scum doesn't mean you need to be. (laughs) Break the cycle. Um, Yeah, you can't take that. That's not, you know. Right, you didn't pay for that. So the older girl took the candy from her sister and put it back in the jar and they left. Easy enough. Don't think anything of it. Um, (laughs) So then I'm guessing, hold on, let me guess. Something must have, must must be going to happen because I bet your sister went home and told uh-huh. daddy that you know because wanted to tell her that you know what what little sister did basically you know she was being a bad girl and somebody said something and daddy's gonna reverse it around. Uh huh. So I, I, I could just first shot. I can see yeah. something happening where he be- goes with a shotgun. Or you can something. see it coming because it's that easy to see it coming because you get a feel for what kind of fucking family this is. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know nothing about this guy. Like, and, you know. So later in the day, Trina, who's now twenty three, so she's all grown up, and uh, and her fucking husband Ken show up at the store, and they were all shit hot about the whole thing. Um. Trina starts yelling at the clerk and uh, accusing her of saying her kids were stealing stuff. Her her kids are good kids. They wouldn't do anything like that. And uh, Ken just kind of stood there with a fucking rifle in his hands. So all of this commotion draws the attention of Bo and Lois from the back. Um, and when they came out, Trina kind of turned their turned her attention on them. And keep in mind, Ken is just standing there like a fucking statue with a rifle in his hands, just standing there. So Lois asked them a few times to, you know, very politely from all accounts, asked them very nicely to leave Mm -hmm. and they refused. And she's basically like, okay, you get the hell out of my store and you never come back. Go to somebody else's store if you need stuff. Not here. So that should have been like the end of the entire situation, you would think. But that's not how it works here. Nah, not with this guy. No. So Ken would make the Bowen camps the center of his attention for a few weeks. Not days, weeks. 
Did this asshole hang out by people's once again outside the the store? Remember the girl I was talking about earlier that was talking about him scaring the shit out of her because she would sit outside of her house. Yeah, this is her house. Okay. Yeah. So he would kind of he would just sit there outside their house and just watch. Keep in mind the Bowen camps at this point in time are in their late sixties, early seventies. Um, and their treatment would be different than what he had done to everybody else. So on occasion, he would actually get out of his brown and tan Chevy Deluxe pickup. Fucking sweet truck. I'll give him credit. Awesome fucking truck. Like, Mm -hmm. if if things had played out differently, I'd have bought this fucking truck right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know... (laughs) Custom deluxe, we'll, baby. We'll, we'll avoid spoilers. <laughs> um, so he would actually, on occasion, get out of his truck and just start fucking firing a shotgun into the air just to scare him. Mm-hmm. And again, nobody's going to do anything about it because the cops are afraid of him. And again, this was over a handful of fucking penny candy. And he's making a huge fucking deal out of it. Mountain out of a molehill. So after stalking the Bowen Camp family for days on end, Ken McElroy drove to the corner store and he actually kind of drove down into where the, the loading dock was. He sees Bo sitting out on the, on the loading dock on a stool, just minding his own business, waiting for his delivery, and starts just yelling at him. Okay. And this old man's just fucking, yeah, yeah, okay, yep. Completely ignoring him. So he sees Ken retreat to his truck. Unfortunately, it wasn't to leave. He retrieved an old army surplus M1 Garand and kind of stepped around the backside of his truck, took aim, and shot the 70-year-old man in the neck. Got in his truck and drove away. Bo's wife would find him bleeding very fucking badly from a 30 caliber round in the fucking neck on the loading dock. So they get him to the hospital and... Call it divine intervention, call it a miracle, whatever. He survives the shooting. And again, hey, guess what? Surprise. We haven't said this before. McElroy was arrested. Um, This time he was arrested by Officer Richard Stratton. Name's going to be important for a second here. Somehow. No fucking idea how. He's bailed out again. Where the fuck is this guy getting his money? (laughs) Doing his dirtbag shit that he does and I'm sure all he's doing is making this phone call and being like hey get in the fucking footlocker and get your ass down here and bail me out and she's coming down with fucking cash and like okay give me my husband thanks thumbs up on the way out after being released this time he starts harassing the officer at his home so now he's trying to intimidate the fucking cop that arrested him not a smart move Huh? Fucking okay. Richard Stratton was a Vietnam vet. Okay. Like, <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you? Uh... Okay, keep just keep going. It, it, but... it it's the mindset of, well, you fucking you inconvenienced me. Now I'm gonna make your life a living hell. Yeah, because you inconvenienced me. You but... had the gall to tell me that what I did was illegal. How dare you? But he, he... <laughs> form the thought. <laughs> No, I... Ugh. It hurts my brain. Yeah. Because he was just only doing his job. Yeah. 
I mean, come on. Yeah, so was the fucking old dude sitting there. But, uh, <sighs> like I said, he's just a fucking bully. I mean... Shoot him. So let's keep a running tab here. This piece of shit has had the town cowering in his shadow for the better part of 20 years. He's been married four times, and the average age of his wife's when he married them is 14 years old. Great guy. He's fathered a brood of 10 children with these three teenage girls. Again, children. Mm-hmm. This isn't like the 1800s. No. Where, you know, or 1700s. No. This isn't like the fucking Danish invading England where you had to get married off because you died at fucking, tw- you know, 28. Um, he had a slew of charges brought against him over the years, can, including two attempted murder charges, basically. And he continues to beat these because he's intimidating witnesses and he's been stalking people all over town for years. And the two people that he shot have been over trivial bullshit. Things that could have been solved with a very easy conversation. <clears throat> I, I just want to know... I just, I, I'm just hoping, hoping that th- justice is served. He gets his just dessert, and the f- fate is definitely on his side because his cord gets cut. After all of the shit, after all the times the authorities and justice system have failed the people of Skidmore, Missouri, the town decided to take it upon themselves to do something about it finally. Aha! I knew it. It shocks me, like, to no end that it took this long. He's been harassing generations of families. Like, fucking with adults. Fucking with their kids. Like, entire bloodlines have been fucking Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) harassed by this piece of shit. So on July 10th, uh, McElroy's trial for the Bowen Camp incident had been delayed for two weeks happens you know and of course the whole time he's a free man out wandering the streets just free to do what he wants yep a group of around again depending on what you're reading or what you're looking at anywhere between 50 and 100 people from the town get together at the american legion hall which is across the street from the dng tavern which was mcelroy's preferred watering hole and i believe the only bar in town Okay. Other than, obviously, the American Legion, because most of them have a bar in it, too. Yeah, and you can't get an American Legion unless you are, um, you have served in the military. Right. Well, this in this case, not everybody that's in there had been in the military. This was a basically like... Well, no, you, you could go in there as a guest. Right, you just can't drink. But this was basically an emergency town meeting that has to be, like, kept super fucking secret. Okay. So... No one is willing to say exactly what is said in the meeting, but the general topic is what can we do to protect ourselves for the next couple of weeks while he's out? Because they think maybe at this point in time, maybe this is the one that gets him put away. Yeah. Maybe. Because he, he's messed with law enforcement now. Right. Because, you know, you mess with law enforcement, you're going to have to face the, the piper. Yep. So one of the people that was supposedly allegedly in on this meeting would be officer Richard Stratton. And as soon as the meeting ended, he was one of the first people to get up and leave. He got in his cruiser and left town. 
So as the meeting's winding down. You sure they weren't like, hey, officer. Well. You sure? Or they probably, they probably called him by his first name. They're like, you know, there's a fishing hole. Yeah. That I just discovered. You know what, Richard? Day. I hear a lot of people who have been speeding on the other end of town. Maybe you should go sit there for a little bit and see if you can catch anybody. Yeah. Wink, 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 You know, wink, wink. <laughs> maybe you should go out to the other end of town and, yeah. you know, check out that fishing hole I was been telling yeah. you about. I know you've been thinking Something's about gone, it, yeah. you know. So as the meet. As the meeting's winding down, Ken and Trina roll into the lot of the DNG bar, uh, tavern. Uh, they go in for a round of beer. Whatever. No, no big deal. Go have a fucking beer. That's fine. Yep. So th- the meeting lets out, and they see his car. They see his truck across the street. Uh-huh. McElroy's already in the bar with his wife, and he brings his fucking M1 in with him with a bayonet connected to it. Why you got to bring your fucking your goddamn rifle <laughs> into the bar? I'm cool with that. That's fine. Why the fuck you need a bayonet on it? Uh, are you charging foxholes or are you drinking beer? I'm, I mean, you don't want to know why, though? Because they're fucking intimidating. Well, it's a fucking boat war. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus. it's a 30 caliber rifle with a fucking knife connected to it. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> so he he's sitting in there and there's a few people already in there. And he's fucking drinking beer and waving his rifle around and bragging about shooting a 70-year-old man. What you know? a douchebag. So some of the people from the meeting walk into the bar, around 20 of them or so, and go into the bar. He probably mouths off, oh, look at this bunch of fucking river. He probably mouths off yeah. at something like that. General you know? piece of shit, yeah. Yep. So they walk in, and they've been, at this point in time, these people have fucking had enough. They've been drinking too. They walked in. <laughs> And he's sitting there, and they just start fucking screaming at him. Now they get the fuck out of here, this, that, the other. One guy got in his face and told him his days were numbered. Which, uh-huh. talk about a set of fucking balls. Yep. To walk up to the town bully and be like, motherfucker. Poke him in the chest a couple yep. times be like, you're fucking, you're done. Especially when he has a rifle. Yeah. And he's been drinking. Yeah. So McElroy basically laughed in these people's faces. Finishes his beer and bought a six-pack to take with him. Because you, you could... Apparently, you could do that at bars back then. Is you could buy a, you could buy beer to take with you. Like you could walk into a bar and be like, "I want twelve beers." They fucking throw them in a bag. You take them home. Because a lot of places like in that area didn't sell beer at uh, like gas stations and stuff. You'd actually have to buy it at a bar or like a packing store. Yeah. So, okay. So you, I, I think actually down south, down in my where my uh, my family lives down in Maryland, I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think you can still do that. Yeah, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm finally like I'm, this last year going to my for my aunt's funeral there. I think because we went to a, a bar. Yeah, my cousin was playing. Uh, what was it? Uh, fuck. What's that game? Darts. The boards. Uh, cornhole. Cornhole. Okay. Yes. <laughs> my brain. I'm like I can see it. Or for other people, like different parts of the country, where they call it bags. It's not fucking bags. It's cornhole. What? Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he was playing cornhole, and um, I actually think I went in a bar, and they were, you could take out many as many beers or whatever. Right. Or you could buy whatever, take home with you. But yeah, I think they still do that. Hell, my, <laughs> down there, they had a uh, a store where you could uh, do a drive through We used to have one like that in Rutland, uh, where the Irving Station is used to have a drive through It was a Texaco. 
don't remember yeah. that as far as like, well, this is like you could drive through and get your beer. Yeah, yeah. My dad used to buy, like get his beer and cigarettes right through there. Oh, I don't remember that. Which, fucking surprise, surprise. Huh. Um, uh, bum, 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 huh. Where were we here? So, you know, these people are fucking berating him and all this, and he's got his rifle and he grabs Trina and their beer and they take off. Uh, he goes out and gets in his truck, gets the rifle up in the rack, and uh, he's sitting there, he gets ready to start his truck, and he realizes there's about 60 people surrounding him. Uh-huh. Lights a cigarette, and at about the same time he takes the first drag of his cigarette, a series of three gunshots come out of nowhere. At least one of these rounds struck McElroy in the back of the head, covering the inside of the windshield with blood and brain matter. And uh, Trina was in the truck when all this happened. He was shot three times. She left completely physically uninjured. Um, she's obviously in shock. And somebody from the town uh, pulled her out of the vehicle and kind of like shoved her into a nearby building. Um, one of the guys that I watched on this interview, on the, I'm sorry, in the documentary that was he was interviewed, he claims that he knows who all three shooters were where they got the guns and where the guns ended up. And he also said the biggest mistake that those three guys made was they didn't kill Trina too. (laughs) (laughs) And his, his theory, (laughs) his theory for that is she was just as culpable for most of this shit that he was causing as he Uh was because she had done nothing to try to stop him from what he was doing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Jesus Christ. Not a soul calls an ambulance. No one calls the cops. No one checks on him. Ken Rex McElroy died in his truck, surrounded by the people he'd been harassing and terrorizing for decades. I can almost feel the collective sigh of relief from the entire town, knowing that this piece of shit's dead. I mean, we're, we're talking like it was almost half an hour before anybody even called an ambulance. They wanted to make sure he was dead before anybody did anything. So during the investigation, the police couldn't get anybody to give up any of the shooters. Um, The theory is there was at least three gunmen because there was three different, you know, three separate gunshots and uh, three separate calibers. Uh, One being a a 30 caliber rifle, one being a 12 gauge and one being a smaller caliber rifle, like a 22. Mm -hmm. The common consensus of witnesses that were interviewed by the police was I didn't see anything. I heard gunshots and got out of the way. That's pretty much like almost rehearsed by the people in town to basically all say the same thing. Matter of fact, the people were actually upset that the police had expanded their presence in town, trying to figure out who killed this guy. They're like, why the fuck are you guys bothering now? Like problem solved. Problem solved. Problem staying solved. Some, one man would actually say to an officer, quote, what the hell are you doing here? Why why are you doing this? You know what he was like. You know how he oppressed and threatened us. I don't believe you're coming now after we needed your help all this time. That's a pretty valid point. I mean, true. It's like, oh, yeah. So you guys come in after it's taken care of. And all of a sudden, it's a problem that this fucking guy's dead. True. So Trina is the only person that would come forward to investigators about who she believed had killed her husband. She had seen a man named Del Clement, uh, Del Clement, who was the, one of the co-owners of the D and G tavern. 
standing across the street with a rifle when they walked outside, at which point she told Ken they needed to get out of there because he was going to get shot. But it was too late. No one else uh, corroborated her story. Uh, Dell has died in the time between 1981 and now. And after being interviewed multiple times, he never confessed. He's like, I, I didn't do anything. I mean, where are the guns that were supposedly used? One of the women that they interviewed in that, that documentary. Listen, listen, man, I ain't seen shit. Yeah. One of the women that, uh, that was interviewed during that documentary said that she was, she heard the gunshots because she lived just, just down the road from there. Uh huh. Heard the gunshots and came running out thinking like, what the hell's going on? And she said she saw three guys walking up to a white van and throwing stuff in. And then that white van went tear ass and out of town and they never even saw the fucking van again. Hmm. So did all of those guns go into the van and then that van go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Or did they drop the guns back off somewhere because they were somebody's fucking, you, know, you don't just throw guns away. I mean, maybe <laughs> back then you could buy them a fucking Sears. So <laughs> maybe they were a little bit more disposable than they are now. Um, so, it's it's widely accepted that that Del Clement was actually one of the shooters. Um, people in town are kind of like if, when they're asked about it, like, so was Del one of the guys? So like, mm, maybe. Well, you know, I didn't see anything. I couldn't tell you. Hmm. But it's kind of kind of general knowledge that he may have been one of the guys. And I, I, the town was actually secretly very thankful for you know thankful to him. Like if they saw him, you know, around holidays or whatever, they're like, hey. I can let's bake him a cake or something, you know, Get, bring him a pie, bring him a turkey, you know, they're a fucking hero. You want a six pack? Yeah. Pull pack? He owns a fucking bar, dude. Okay. Well, he that you, shit for free. You want some moonshine? I'll make some fucking shine, bud. I'm just putting it out there. So McElroy was buried in St. Joseph, Missouri. Uh, he was 47 when he died. His gravestone tells the biggest fucking lie and mistruth of this entire story. He was a beloved, kind. Oh, it's even better. He was, uh, you're never even going to hit it. It's the biggest slap in the face of the people that he harassed for years and years. Brave, fearless, and compassionate. I was getting there. Fuck this guy. (laughs) So here we are at the time of recording some 39 years after the fact, and the people of Skidmore that were st- that still live there that remember this whole thing happening uh-huh. still keep their secret. They, they had to take the law into their own hands to protect themselves, and when asked, no one saw a thing. Exactly. So that is the unsolved and hopefully forever unsolved murder of Ken McElroy. Fucking right. <sighs> that some bitch deserved everything he got. He deserved more than what he got. Well, um, probably. But the weirdest, like, so something really weird happened happens with this whole thing is like after the police and everybody got done with the investigation and you know, crime scene had been there to clean everything up. Obviously, like, they obviously didn't have like a crime scene investigation kind of thing. Uh huh. But they had people that would have come and cleaned up the entire scene. Um, one of the guys that was on the crew that was actually a tow truck driver that towed the truck back to, um, the shop that he worked for because they obviously were going to clean the truck because it's fucking gross. 
He's like, yeah, after we got all the blood and hair and shit out of there, and we got the the back and side glass replaced, did all the body work, we're in a bad truck, and I bought it. <laughs> so, so this motherfucker bought a truck that a man has just been murdered in. <laughs> it's like, ah, we, we replaced the glass and shit, so it's all good. Pretty sweet truck. And I'm not going to lie, kind of a nice-looking truck. I'll post pictures up of it. Um, if it were still in the condition that it was in now... Uh-huh. We're talking like a th- probably like thirty, thirty-five thousand dollar classic truck. It's a fucking sweet truck. It deserved better than him. <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh that's what we got for that one. Um Damn dude. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I, I can guess by your face what your thoughts are. But <laughs> You want you want to take a shot at fucking it? Fucking go ahead. No no no. Let it rip. I, I want your analysis of this entire fucking thing. <laughs> that motherfucker deserved it. <laughs> he sure did. He should have got. Yeah. It should have been a lot longer, a lot sooner than that. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it shouldn't even really technically. It really shouldn't even come down to it. You know, justice should have been served. He should have gone away. You know and. He should have just been a brown stain on a mattress or white stain on a mattress, you know. He shouldn't have been born. But you know what? He was born. He he did what he did. And then, well, the town was like, fuck you. We've had enough. I mean, you can't often make an arguable case for SIDS. But in this case, I think it would have been a good thing. Uh, I And I don't mean any disrespect by that. It's just this guy should have never grown up. He should have, like. He's that much of a piece of shit mm-hmm. that, um, now on our scale, on our, our running scale of pieces of shit, where does this guy fall Ooh. with, with fucking, um, the beast of Jersey being like a 10 and her fucking weirdo bow, uh, Baumeister being like a five. And then from there, we haven't really like filled in the lower half of the scale because all of the scumbags we've covered have been pretty bad. So, okay. So, <laughs> so, so fucking weirdo Herb is like a five. We're, we're, and the Beast of Jersey is at 10, because... Bleh. Where, are you, where are you feeling with this guy? I'm going to put him at about that 9, because he's definitely... He's below Israel. Right. But Herb is definitely below Israel. For sure. I mean, he's above... Well, no, this guy is above Israel. Yeah, eh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely above him. So we're putting Israel Keys at like a seven, maybe eight. Um, I'm I'm gonna put this piece of shit at like an eight point seven five. Uh, no, I'm definitely because I mean a... he stuck the landing on being a piece no, of shit. No, no, he, he, no, no. I'm not gonna be the Russian judge here. He gets his nine. Yeah, <sighs> he might. I don't like his style. That's why I went with the eight point <laughs> seven five. You know, he could have done things better, like you know, not marry teenagers. But I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, big old piece of shit. I mean, right. he's he he's much higher up the scale than like Larry Phillips and Emil Matasarano. They're at like a four ish, I want to say. Yeah. But I just I, I again I know I say this every time we cover somebody like this. I fucking hate this guy, mm-hmm. and I'm glad he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel bad that it took the town as long as it did for them to take care of a situation um 
if this had been a rabid dog running around biting people, they would have shot it a long time ago. But since it's person, we have to have compassion, even though it's a piece of shit. But anyway, I mean, nah, yeah, no, nah, fuck that, fuck this guy, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> fuck him in his face. Yeah, fuck him in his dumb fucking fat Elvis face. I, I I have no compassion. I'm glad he's dead. You know, just like Israel Keys, no compassion. Glad he was fucking. He, you know, uh, him. He, he uh, he's a different story. I wish that he had gone to trial. No, and I'll... spent the rest of his life in a fucking concrete square like he deserved. <laughs> yeah, shut up. He took the easy way out. He should have. He should have been locked in a box until he was dust, because that's what he deserved. Like. He's the one guy that I would have been like, maybe let's not do the death penalty. Let's keep him alive for as long as we possibly can and just keep him away from every other human. We'll deliver his food with a fucking robot or something. No light bulbs in his in his fucking thing. Just leave him in the dark and let him go crazy. But th- yeah, th- this guy got put down like he should have been. And I thank you, Skidmore, Missouri, if we have any listeners there. Thank you. For defending yourselves and taking care of this piece of trash yeah most definitely anyway kevin why don't you uh why don't you uh hit us with some of them sponsors and stuff them sponsors yeah hey so this is definitely one of those episodes where you want to go over to you want to have a can of uh yeah well you want to have your earbuds yeah or headphones or if you're like you know me and kevin you want to share it with the rest of the world share with the class you know, and you don't give a shit what you're listening to because you're like, eh, you could all listen to it too. So if you want to do something like that, head over to studio.com. Check out their headphones, earbuds. They actually have a new set of uh, earbuds coming out. I can't remember They the look suspiciously like AirPods, but more comfortable. No. Oh, no. These are totally different. I can't think are of they, the Are uh, they the Elva, I believe? No. Nope. E-L-V-A? Uh... I haven't seen them. I got, got an email about them. Yeah. <laughs> They're brand new. They're actually uh, noise-canceling earbuds. They um, don't aren't uh, like um, kind of like the uh, – what's the ones that you have? Those earbuds that you have that uh, – Oh, the Neva? The Neva. They're yeah. not like the Neva. They're kind of like more like uh, the At where they have like a um, – They're corded. Corded yeah. between them. But they're noise-canceling. So, I, I mean – And I mean as far as I know, they're not super expensive either. No. And that's the that's what you get with Studio is you get a yeah. great product at not an astronomical price. I mean, yeah, you know, but you get what you get, and they're great. Um, you can get the your earbuds, headphones. Um, you can get noise canceling headphones, and now and earbuds. Uh, you can also get a Bluetooth speaker. The, the Bluetooth speaker is noise canceling too. Yes, because it's good, so you can't hear anything else over it. <laughs> Kevin absolutely loves it. I fucking love it. Uh, I actually have to charge it, and so for like the second time, oh, and I've had it for two months. I'm sorry, but buddy. I use the shit out of it. So. I'm sorry that you have to charge it. I know, but oh. it's a 14 hour battery life on a single charge. Well, hey, if you want it's that, you if asinine. You, if you want that speaker <laughs> or the Klar like Kevin's wearing right yeah. now, or the Regent, well, you'd be Regent twos, like because you're a Ke- poor. No, <laughs> I love my Regents. Oh. My Regents have become my uh, my working outside by myself headphones. He called me a poor. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if you want those, find what you want, put them in your basket, go to checkout, put the promo code of Dark Windows fifteen in to get fifteen percent off your entire purchase. Yeah, you know, and a free gift. Yeah, and a free gift. 
I'm not sure what it is. Um, I get this sweet ass little like faux leather card holder when mm-hmm. I ordered my my Clars. Um, so that's gonna be that's handy because I got I got that bitch filled with uh, do it. I get it filled with fucking business cards. So yeah. Um, you can also go check us out on darkwindowspod.com where you can find links to all of our social media stuff. You can find links to our Age of Radio page, which is the network that we are on. Mm-hmm. Um, while you're there, if you get bored with listening to us jabber about dumb shit, there's other people that talk about not dumb shit <laughs> over there. <laughs> um, if you're into sports, there's like a ton of the, a ton of sports shows. There's a couple more coming on. Uh, we've got movie podcasts. We've got other true, uh, true crime podcasts. We've got... Uh, you know, some of our, some of our buddies are on there. Uh, Angel and Nikki at Color Me Dead, they are still kicking ass. Uh, Justin Rimmel's doing whatever the fuck he does on uh, mysterious <laughs> circumstances, and uh, smoking cigarettes, drinking beer, looking sexy. You got a fucking crush on him or something, man. <laughs> Jesus, just... you're always like, man, he's got really pretty eyes. I like, never said that. Fucking, you're not wrong, but whatever. I said um, pretty hair. Then you've got Michael Pritt over at uh, True Crime Trucker, who's got a fucking great voice for podcasts. I'm not just saying that. Like I love his show. <laughs> oh, now who's got dude? A no, like he's got he's he's got a, he's got a good talking voice. Good talking. Unlike voice. me, who has a face for podcasting. Yeah, because I'm ugly. I, um, I I've got you know. I don't know nothing. You're built like a bag of wet bread. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, right. So maybe I just got my humor a little bit or something. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. There's there's flakes of personality in there somewhere. I, I mean, I, we're I, still trying to find them. We're mining for it, but we will eventually. <laughs> you know what? Now you're just throwing shit all over my Fuck house. You too. Somebody um, else will be like. No, Kevin, you're awesome. You know, I'm like, you're great for moral support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the man. Huh? You know, you're great. You, you, you add something to the show. Something. Like, we haven't figured yeah. out what it is yet, but there's something. <laughs> yeah. I love putting myself down. Because uh, it's out. fun. You got thick skin. You can handle it. I cannot. <laughs> so while you're at our website, you can uh, you can go over to our uh, threadless store if you want to buy a t-shirt and give us some money that way that's pretty cool we got all kinds of shit on there um at this point in time we are going to suspend our patreon for the moment yes um we're we're not we don't have time like i don't want to make it sound like we're making excuses but we don't have time to research a subject and put something out that we're comfortable asking people to get behind a paywall for. And we feel that we need to, we want to put more into our episodes Yes, to make them better. I, I mean, I kind of feel that we're doing good, but we want to do better. Yeah. And yes, we will, we're cutting that out, but we have decided to add another episode. So we're going to try our best to do five episodes a month, a month. To bring you more content. I mean, even if one of them is just us, like, farting around for a little bit and talking about dumb shit and, like, doing a chuckle fuckery where we just release the dumb shit that we talk about before yeah. and afterwards. Like the conversation we had about uh, fucking bargain bin sodas a couple yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some people out there that are familiar with Adirondack and their three ga- their three liter bottles. But you'll have to wait for a chuckle fuckery episode in the future to hear about that. Some won't. <laughs> okay. But some can relate. Yes. If you're in the Northeast, I'm pretty sure you can. Um, but, I mean, yeah, so that we, we don't. 
And if you are a Patreon listener and you haven't gotten stickers yet, we're going to send you stickers still. We just, this last, like last month was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> um, like it, uh, between my schedule, Kevin's schedule, um, and my wife and I being part of a wedding that we were pretty involved in that we had to do a bunch of planning and other stuff like that for, uh, we just, I'm surprised we had time to actually fucking record our regular episodes. So it's like, Patreon's not going to happen this month, and I felt bad. Yeah. I mean, but, so yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, with heavy heart <laughs> that we say, uh, no more I, Patreon for now. I do for now. Yeah. It's know. not goodbye. It's just like fucking hang on a second. Yeah. Hold oh, up. no, you're going to still get a fifth episode, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, you know. I mean, eventually we will get back to it, uh, you yeah. know, when I can mean? somehow make this a fucking full time job. <laughs> yes. But, you know, anyway, with that being said, just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Yes. Oh, also, we lied. Uh, last week, we said the next episode was going to be about a castle. Uh, we lied. Sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they figured that out by now. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening, this episode was not about a castle. No. Haha. Psych. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, fuckers. Haha. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch.